0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Take Off with John Clark. And please subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast. And let's bring in the host of a show on NBC Sports Philadelphia as well, inside the green room, Sixers guard Danny Green. We appreciate you joining us, Danny, on the road in Minnesota. And this is a heck of a debut coming up. James yeah. Harden joining your team with 24 games to go. Tell us about the vibe with the team, because Sixers fans, they're real excited about this.
1: Well, thanks for having me, man. But yeah, we're, we're excited as well. You know, we had a practice today. It was smooth. He worked in with the first group and got a chance to get some reps in with Joel. Um, I'm liking what I'm seeing. And I think the people that were there that got a chance to, to see some of it are liking it as well. So, um, you know, it's a good, you know, game for him to come back to, um, you know, on the road, get his you know, feet under him a little bit. Um, everybody, you know, come back from break. Uh, hopefully I mean, Minnesota has been playing well this year, but you know hopefully this is a good game they they play tonight so it's a back to back hopefully they're tired you know coming to our game and we can you know get a little chance to get you know our legs back under us but um, it's going to be fun it's going to be exciting and i can't wait to play alongside
0: pretty wild cuz you don't have a whole lot of time to get ready for the playoffs and get that mm-hmm. cohesion down and the chemistry is it going to take a little bit of time do you think
1: yeah, um, it always takes time. I mean, if it doesn't, I'd be surprised. I think if anything doesn't take time, everybody's surprised because usually, regardless of how good of a fit it t- it makes uh, sense, by looking at it or that naturally it should fit, it still takes some time for guys to get a feel for each other. Um, I said, regardless of how good you know pieces fit, um, and sometimes it happens quicker than later. Hopefully, we get you know things rolling in and smooth within a week. Um, that'll be the quickest, but sometimes it may take a little longer. But you know, we have to make sure that we're ready before April, May, and June.
0: Pretty incredible because, you know, you look at what he's done, only MJ and Wilt, they're the only two other players who have averaged 34-plus in two different seasons. So you're adding one of the great offensive players, but also how much he, has he been a facilitator over the last few years as well?
1: Uh, a huge help on that that uh, aspect of the game for us and on that end of the floor. Um, we have a lot of guys that, that can go get a basket. Not a lot of guys, but we have got a good amount of guys that can go get a basket and that are scoring mentality uh, type of guys. So, you know, we need somebody to facilitate. Um, that's where we missed you know, Ben uh, during the most of the course of the year. I think he'll fill in that, you know, perfectly. He'll fill that role with his pace and getting that pressure on the paint and then, you know, finding guys. He's, he's great at, you know, not just finding guys, but on time, on target and having the ball on the rope. So, I'm excited to play with him.
0: We saw the win at Milwaukee, and we saw kind of like you during the playoffs last year how active he was helping to coach up some guys mm-hmm. like Tyrese and George Niang. How involved has he been as a teammate?
1: It, it was a huge plus for us. He's been very involved and it was a huge plus for us because he's seen something from a different aspect that even though, as long as I've been around the game, I've never been that type of player, you know, go facilitate and be pick a role so he can see different things that can help Tyrese and Joel and the coaching staff see like, you know, this is where the week at let to try to attack that. We only did it one time. Let's continue to do that, you know, from a point guard's perspective. I, I don't look at it from a point guard perspective as much as he does. So to have different viewpoints, different guys out there that know the game has been playing for that, that long um, helps us a ton, even if we're not playing on you know, the sideline. So he's been you know involved at a high level and it's been you know amazing for us, even though he hasn't been playing. So I'm expecting that as well as the playing uh, impact for him You know, to come in and do what he does for us to be a huge plus on off the court and on the court for us when, he, when he's um, on the sideline with us.
0: Doc Rivers has obviously been mixing up his lineups for some of the games. Do you think you're going to start or do you think we'll see Matisse? What what do you think is going to happen?
1: That's a doc question, man. Um, I don't know. I just come in, show up, do my job. He rotates, he changes it. Um, you know, he has his theories of who he likes to play with, what groups. I think he thinks, you know, sometimes, sometimes the second group needs a stronger this or stronger that. Or we need more of this in the first group. We need more of that in the second group. Um, and sometimes we'll start together with more defense in the, to start um, or more offense to start. Um, but I don't make those decisions. That's above my pay grade. I just come up and show up. So we'll see what happens uh, tomorrow. And, and I think one of the big
0: things here that Doc and other people have talked about is you can have a point guard on the court at all times now.
1: Yeah, it takes a a lot of our guys off the ball. When we're healthy, um, it allows you know Shake and kind Furkan of to play with the ball a little bit more. Uh, Tobias, you know, guys that handle the ball more than they should or want to, and play in point guard position, um, it allows you know those guys to you know play their natural position. And, and so now that we have Shake healthy and James and Tyrese, all those guys are able to be natural point guards. So we have three now that are healthy. Before you know, Shake was out for a while, and we you know Ben was was not around. So um, to have three point guards again, it helps a ton, especially with injuries, ups and downs minutes or flow of the game um, to have somebody who will handle the ball and not have to worry about having, you know, Furkan or Tobias or myself bring the ball up.
0: And and Doc said in in Minneapolis that he's going to stagger the lineups. He said, you're going to have either Joel, James, Tyrese, or Tobias, two of those four on the court at all times. How big is it that you can stagger the lineup that way now?
1: It's great. When you have multiple options and multiple versatile players and scoring um, guys that can put, give, get you a basket, it's great to have, to be able to do that um, throughout 48 minute game and also give guys a rest. Because most teams only have, you know, two or three threats. and you have four or five threats, it, it makes you that deep of a team and makes you that more dangerous. So um, it allows, you know, Tyrese to get a little bit of rest now. And, you know, obviously Joel, I'll take the load off him a little bit. Um, even though he doesn't want the load taken off him, he's been doing uh, pretty well with, with handling it. So um, it, it just makes us a deeper team and, and you know, that much stronger scoring wise.
0: I know you uh, like that corner three uh, we've seen in James's career. Um, he's made some careers for guys, you know, yeah. with that corner three. How much does that, you know, open it up for you and the other guys, especially that corner three?
1: I'm hoping a ton. I said uh, it makes perfect sense, you know, set of pieces. But sometimes you start to figure it out. Sometimes it takes some time. But, you know, the way he finds guys, the way he puts pressure on the paint and allows Shooters to have open looks. I so said, I'm excited about it and I hope it does open it up a ton for me. Uh, it just hasn't happened yet. We haven't had a chance to play it. So I'll let you know in a couple of games of how much uh, the game has changed for me with him being on the floor.
0: Obviously, there was a reason why James wanted out of Brooklyn uh, and mm-hmm. maybe Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, maybe they were like, okay, you can go somewhere else. But how do you think it's going to work with James coming in here and Joel Embiid is
1: the man? I think it'll be great, man. I mean, James is not a type of guy where he feels like he needs to be the man right now. He just wants to win. I think both of them, um, they don't mind sharing that space. Um, regardless, I think they're going to try to figure it out. And watching them play today together, um, it was it was fun. So hopefully, we can continue to have that chemistry, have that bond off the floor that carries over to on the floor, and that those guys can you know fit perfectly together. And we have you know multiple scoring options with them too, and you know with Tyrese, Tobias, and everybody else, um, you know bringing what they bring to the table uh, to make us a deeper team in the playoffs.
0: You talked about seeing them in practice and they spent some time after practice playing a little one-on-one. Uh, do you get a sense that James is like, Hey, I've never played with someone quite like Joel Embiid and Joel has never had a score with him like James Hart.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can see it. It's a first for a lot of guys in the team, um, not just them two, but those two, they're, you know, you can tell they're excited. It's refreshing to have a different type of player, different type of person. Obviously they respect each other's talent and each other's craft and how they do things they both MVP caliber players on different types of aspects of the game. Um, but to be able to you know, put those two, those two talents together. Um, I think they're both interested in seeing how it works, but also excited about, you know, having the opportunity to play with each other. Where were you when you heard about the trade? I was in the facility. Um, we were just getting out of practice or treatment. We had to end practice earlier because we weren't sure what was going to happen. the Zay dot call practice, because it was the deadline day. And, um, you know, I was finishing in treatment, getting out of the shower and, heading that facility. And then we all heard the news and, you know, kind of sent our text messages out, you know, a chance to, you know, talk about a little bit, made some phone calls and see what's happening. There's still some hours left in the, the deadline. So we weren't sure if there's other moves going to be made. So guys were just kind of keeping their ear to the ground.
0: There was obviously word out there and Daryl Morey being the president and having the relationship with James Harden. Did you really think that it could happen?
1: I thought it was a possibility. Um, I just didn't think Brooklyn would, I mean, early in the season, last year, before he even left Houston, we thought it was a possibility. But when he was in, in Brooklyn, we thought he was st- set there. You know, you know, when Ben wanted to trade or get moved or be out of Philly, we didn't think that any other teams would give up a piece like James. Um, when he became available, it, it all made sense. I thought it was definitely uh, a possibility, especially with Daryl being here and then their past history. Um, you know, it was a strong possibility. And to the fact that Ben made it very clear and I Evidence that he didn't want to play in Philly. Um, somebody had to make a move or give at some you know point in time. And, you know, I've seen so much in this league, anything is possible. So nothing really ever shocks me.
0: Are you thinking that Sixers and Nets is going to feature prominently in the playoffs this year?
1: I hope so. Um, I think, you know, we all come to play this game to be in those type of games, those type of atmospheres, and compete at that level. Um, so we don't shy, we don't shy away from it. We you know attack it head on. So I'm hoping that everybody's healthy in the playoffs and be a chance to play all the best teams to be able to you know earn our way to a championship and also you know you know beat the best of the best. So, um, so I'm looking forward to having fun and playing in those types of series. With
0: Ben not wanting to be in Philly anymore, what was your expectation about how far this team can go, and how has it changed now with the addition of James Harden?
1: It's the same with him here i thought we were a great team and had an opportunity and with him not here and now that we have james and replacing him i think we have a you know a better chance let me say a better chance but we have a great chance um i think they're both very special talents that's all how we gel together but i think we have all the right pieces to get it done um especially except with james and how high of iq player he is and how much of a threat he is from the perimeter for us um I, i think it gives us a special different type of look but same aspect, same goals, same expectations for me. It's never been any different, you know, regardless also the teams that I've been on.
0: And uh, your expectation, Eastern Conference Finals?
1: Yeah, nothing less, nothing short of it. We're trying to get to NBA Finals.
0: How about, James, from an offensive perspective? You obviously have seen so many great offensive players. You know the history of the NBA. Where would you rank him in the history of this league as far as an offensive player?
1: Well, he's a top seventy-five guy for a reason. Um, you know, he's changed the game. From you know, obviously, the European guys had the Euro step. He kind of made it one of his things. But the step back, you know, the foul calls they had to change rules because of him of uh, how many foul calls he was getting. Um, guys reaching in using their bodies against him. Um, you know, he's just a special, special talent, and also how he handles the ball and, and finds guys. But he's able to penetrate, put pressure on the defense. But the fact that you know he can score at that high of a clip also get teams in foul trouble is very special. He. He's had rules changed because of him, because he's a top 75 player. So for me, I think he belongs in top 75 um, for that reason alone. So, um, you know, I agree with the NBA and the people that voted him in. We saw Joel
0: learning the step back at practice. He used it in the game first time, got called for a travel, but then he had a successful one at Milwaukee. How's that going? You think Joel's going to break that out a bunch?
1: I think so. I mean, Joel's been using a step back for a while. It wasn't the James step back, but he's been using different versions. of it now that James is here, he's kind of done both versions of it. But, you know, Joel's a special talent as well. You know, him to be seven feet and move the way he does his mobile with the touch that he has to be able to shoot jumpers and fadeaway jumpers. You know, he can pull out whatever move he wants as long as he gets the ball above his head and gets a free look at it. He has a good chance of going in.
0: With Ben kind of being sideline, uh, not wanting to play, We've, we've seen a lot of good interaction with the team, and especially Joel and Tyrese and a lot of you guys. G- give me an idea about the chemistry that has gone on this year with Ben not being there.
1: Chemistry's been great. I mean, I think it picked up even more. The fact that we knew we had um, a lot against us, a lot of the odds were against us, so we had came together more. Um, you know, we did a lot more of bonding on the planes and traveling and the team and dinners. Um, you know, because we had pretty much nothing losing our backs against the wall with so many guys being out and we're not the only team. So we know everybody's gone through injuries, gone through COVID um, and some guys being out and hurt. Um, but we felt like our situation was a little special, a little different, but um, it, I think it brought us together even more.
0: How about Joel maturing and, and with his leadership, have you seen that growth each year?
1: Definitely. Um, he's, he's not a v- big verbal guy, but I think over the past two years, he's definitely gotten a lot more verbal, and express his opinion and also done a lot more with being a part of, you know, the group bonding. Um, you know, he was a guy that stuck stayed to himself most of the time, but you know, this year you can see he's coming out of the shell a little more and actually, you know, um, including himself and, you know, intervening with a lot of other things that are going on with, you know, group activities.
0: What does that do for a team? I mean, they, say sometimes in baseball and other sports, you can just put a bunch of talent together, but what does it nah. do when you really are that close?
1: It does a lot, man. It helps a lot when your superstar, and your leader, is able to humble himself to be able to come down and hang out with certain types of groups of people, or actually be involved and do things uh, with your team and be seen out in public. Sometimes, even though we don't do many public things, but to do things as a group and show that he's committed to it, uh, you know, it shows a lot. You know, for, for from that stature, that standpoint, so it allows us to be able to trust each other, him to trust us, vice versa, and also to be able to have real conversations.
0: When you saw that Ben, when he was traded to the Nets. Did a press conference. He's on the bench now. Obviously, the Nets say his mood is a lot better. Uh, did you believe what Ben was saying that he was going through some mental issues and things like that here in Philly?
1: I mean, I don't, I don't doubt when somebody says they have some issues. You know, that, that's never, that's not my place to judge or to say you're lying. Um, you know, I just, as a teammate, uh, we were just hoping that he would come to us because we we offered that we'd be there for him. Um, we just didn't get it that benefited out um, as teammates. We didn't hear much from him or get a chance to be able to help him through that situation. I mean, he had figured out how he wanted to figure it out, felt he needed to be moved in a different atmosphere, a different organization. But, um, you know, that's the only problem that I think we had with him is that we were not a part of it. We didn't get a chance to talk to him, a chance to help him heal. Um, but, I mean, it worked out for him, hopefully, in the best, you know, wishing the best. And hopefully, mentally, he's better where, the place than where he's at. Um, we all consider him. Um, you know, he was a part of a family at one point. So, I mean, we don't consider him an enemy, but at the same time, we know he's in a different situation. So when we do step on that floor, you know, it's a a competitive thing. But end of the day, we are all fraternity in this NBA. We all look out for each other and we hope that guy's mentally, you know, emotionally and physically healthy, um, you know, because that's the best time we get the chance to play our sport and compete against each other.
0: I heard you say on your podcast, Inside the Green Room, also on NBC Sports Philadelphia, that you don't think he's going to play in that March 10th game. And that's the feeling with a lot of people uh, do you think that he would even sit on the bench at the Wells Fargo center?
1: I, I mean, I have no idea. Um, but I said, I don't know where he's at mentally right now. I don't know if he's starting to play. I, I just, I think most people would assume that he wouldn't play. Uh, he might be on the bench. He might not. Um, you know, at the end of the day, my my focus is, is us and what we need to do to get better. And, if he's on the floor, we hope that they're all healthy and we want to compete against all their guys. So we're just hoping that they all play um, regardless if they show up or not or come on the bench. Uh, that's not one of the things that I'm concerned with or, or care about, but you know, he's to his team right now. Um, I'm assuming if he's continuing to support his team, the way he has the last couple of games, then he should be on the bench as if he was the, and before the break.
0: There was a little Twitter beef going on hmm. with Mike Missinelli saying some things about your show. Um, And I guess Mike's point was, here's Danny saying some things now, but he doesn't think Danny Green or others said anything to Ben Simmons or tried to get him to be more aggressive or shoot or improve on the things. Is there anything you want to say just to clear that up?
1: Um, I mean, certain people, you don't like to give the time of day. I mean, I feel like a lot of guys reach out to try to get more views or clickbait or whatever. It may be, you know, these are all his opinions. These are all his thoughts. He has no idea what's going on in our locker room or what conversations we've had with Ben. And even if we didn't have those conversations, what does that have to do with Ben making his decision to want to leave or to not want to play or to want to be traded? That has nothing to do with us. Um, but I just thought it was funny that he's speaking on something that he has no clue of, but he's saying it as if it's a fact and it's really just his opinion. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, think they know too. And a lot of people think that, I, ben was my teammate I supported him as a teammate when he was my teammate he's no longer my teammate I still support him. I'm not gonna talk down on him but people look at certain things they think it as clickbait I think that I'm talking you know in a negative way I'm just giving my real opinion that I think he might not play we might not shake hands that's all dependent on him and how he approaches things you know if, if you listen to the full clip instead of just looking at words and reading certain bullet points that people use for clickbait you'll understand where I'm coming from I'm not talking down on the guy i just You know, said, I wish him the best. I don't think he'll play. And I said what I said. Mind you, we were in that locker room, so we know what's being said. I'm not the type of guy, if you know me, to not to hold my tongue. So if there's something that I feel needs to be said, I will say it to you. Um, But Mike thinks he knows me for some reason.
0: Well, and I I specifically remember reading quotes from you and Joel Embiid about we would like Ben to be more aggressive. We would like him to do more offensively as far as shooting the ball because that could unlock that final piece To this team winning a championship. And I believe that's what you said.
1: If you go, yeah, I mean, there's not a time where most of us, even when playing with him, even when I wasn't playing in the playoffs of last year against Atlanta, my job on the sideline was to coach. And me being that timeout, there was not a timeout where I didn't go out there and tell Ben, we need you to be aggressive. We need you to be scoring. I don't care if you get fouled, at least it puts them in foul trouble. So I said, for a guy that thinks he's been in a locker room and that thinks he knows me, I just thought it was funny
0: you think ultimately Ben just couldn't play in Philly anymore after what happened in Game 7? Do you think that that was something that just piled on all the other stuff and he felt that he could never play in front of these fans anymore?
1: Maybe, man. I have no idea, honestly. I think that's the confusing part is because we never really had a conversation. Uh, we don't know if it was the fans. We don't know if it was the comments that were made. We, I've heard different excuses. much that We didn't see the man that much in the locker room. So we've heard different things from media and from groups or his people. Um, that it was coaching or that it was this or that he felt that. He wanted his own team, um, but we never got a chance to talk to him as much directly, so I have no clue what happened. I know after the series, you know, he was supposedly, you know, we talked to Doc that he was talking about, you know, working and getting getting right and getting, you know, in the gym again and, and coming back better next year. I think everybody was in that mindset, thought that we if we're healthy, we can get back to the you know, Eastern Conference Finals or the Finals if, if we had everybody we wanted to, so we try to bring everybody back. But um, I don't know where it turned or where it went wrong, and I have, that's a, a question for for Ben, and he could hopefully he could answer better than I could. I have no idea what went wrong.
0: Is it pretty amazing to you, uh, Daryl Morey, and was able to pull this off? Basically, a player that was never going to play for the Sixers again and said he would never play, and you guys got James Harden out of this
1: mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, Daryl, he's a magician, man. He's pulled some tricks out of sleep. We didn't think that. James will be moved again once he left Houston. He was in Brooklyn. I thought that was, you know, they had their big three and they were set. Um, but Daryl's made some good moves and we've got a guy, you know, if you know, not better or the same player, if not better player for a guy that a lot of people didn't think we were going to get the same value for. Him. So, you know, I'm <clears throat> excuse me, I'm excited for it. I'm happy for it. I'm glad he got it done. And hopefully we can you know, move forward and you know, look to the future instead of the past.
0: To wrap this up, give me an idea of, how do you think the building is going to be here in Philly next week when James plays his first home game as a Sixer at the Wells Fargo Center?
1: It's going to be electric, man. Um, I forget who we play. Sorry, I don't know the games by by memory. You know, I usually go game by game. I know we have Minnesota, then New York, and then we go home. I don't know the schedule that far ahead, but uh, I think it's going to be a, a pretty good playoff-like atmosphere type of game. You know, a lot of people are going to be in stands cheering, yelling, and expecting us to be, you know, playing like we were last year.
0: Well, cool. Uh, we wish you the best. And uh, this is going to be an amazing debut to see this. Uh,
1: I hope so, too. I'm, I'm looking forward to it.
0: All right. Well, appreciate the time, Danny Green. And we will still always watch your Inside the Green Room uh, on NBC Sports Philadelphia and listen to it as well. And we appreciate you being open with uh, myself and the fans of Philly um, and gaining insight and perspective from you. We really appreciate it.
1: Of course, man. Thank you. Appreciate the time.